Here's a quote from our next guest. Quote, we have to get government out of the way. The list of how they're screwing this up is as long as both your arms. We need to unlock the power of the private sector. If we could change the rules of the game, we would be amazed at the results. Instead, we have government that is profoundly obstructive to the formation of housing. This is a quote from our guest, John Stovell, who is the CEO of Reliance Properties, who was a member of a panel at a forum the other night on rental housing in Vancouver and in British Columbia. Mr. Stovell joins us now. John, good morning. Thanks for being with us today. Good morning. It's good to have you with us. Uh, The quote, uh, that's from the Vancouver Sun. I trust they got it right, John. Yeah, more or less. I, 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 don't, I was speaking, so I can't remember exactly what I said, but I think I pretty much the gist of it. Government profoundly obstructive to the formation of housing sounds kind of contradictory given the fact that governments so piously pronounce themselves constantly, John, to be in the, in the rent, rental housing corner. In other words, we, we can't do enough to get more rental housing, and yet you say basically they boil down to being obstructive. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, certainly the, the new premier and um, some municipalities, uh, certainly less so the federal government, uh, are, are, are saying the right things about um, trying to bring more rental housing online. But mm-hmm. if you really look under, under the hood, what you see are just, you know, this endless array of barriers and taxes and regulations, which really make it difficult, um, particularly these times of higher interest rates and higher construction costs. It's, this is when government should be should be really getting out of the way and trying to encourage, um, you know, the private sector to overcome these obstacles. Instead, they're just they're just compounding our problems. And yet the province under the new premier, Mr. Eby, uh, is said to be, at least, John, this is the understanding they're trying to, to pass along. Uh, we're going to start leaning on municipalities in every way possible who aren't uh, being more obliging in terms of getting the paperwork expedited and basically getting more out of the way. This is the new mission statement from the Eby government. Do you believe it? I believe the intent is there. In fact, I, I personally had an opportunity to spend a lot of time with uh, Premier Eby when he was the housing minister and and helping to educate him through our industry association with the issues of housing. And, and, and that's why I believe that legis- legislation was advanced. But it is not moving very quickly. They're focusing on, on only 10 municipalities. And it's, it's, and, and it's going to take a long time for that legislation to take effect. They have to get these municipalities to create new housing targets and have to wait for a long time to see if they're meeting them. In the meantime, I think we're, you know, although that's good, I think we're more in a state of crisis now with the immigration numbers being driven so hard by the federal government, which I think is the right thing to do to have a a population that can support the infrastructure we've become accustomed to in Canada. But, but, But the municipalities and the province, to a degree, at the detail level, are still standing in the way. For instance, the Ministry of Environment, um, Ministry of Highways, uh, these can be very problematic approvals to get for, for, for developments. And mm-hmm. at the city level, different cities, depending on which city it is, are actually trying to stand in the way of housing and trying to delay housing in many instances. Well, there are some cities that are actually kind of legendary in a very bizarre way, John, for being as obstructionist as possible and almost proud of it. That's bizarre. It really is. And and I think this is because town planning and land use planning has been delegated to municipal councils and municipal councils are elected and more more importantly, unelected by, for the most part, people who already are housed. 
So they don't really have an interest in, in, in promoting or supporting responsible regional-wide growth in their communities. And, and that's why I think the, the, the province's approach to kind of mandatory targets is good. But it, it's just going to take so long. I think we need much more urgent action. Such and the as- federal government are, are terrible. I mean, they're, they're taxing new rental development with GST and uh, other taxes uh, that, make, that make it very difficult. And also the rent control, the provincial rent controls, for instance, not allowing uh, rent, rental owners to increase their rents this year, even by inflation. Um, creates more uncertainty and more problems for for the rental housing sector. Right. Now, you talk about, and and as part of the panel that you were uh, were a participant in the other night, uh, it became pretty obvious pretty quickly that this sort of uh, institutional obstructionism has been baked into the process at all levels for a very long time. So unraveling it all, as you pointed out already a few times, John, is not a, a speedy process. And you also just mentioned moments ago the need for more urgent action, such as what? Give us some examples, John, of what can be done in the short term to start to turn this thing around. Yeah, one of the one of the easy low-hanging fruits would be that the um, uh, last couple of years, the provincial government changed the municipal charters so that municipalities could, and, and I emphasize could, waive a public hearing for a development that was coming in that was consistent with a community plan, like, like say, the Victoria official community plan or, or the or the Broadway plan mm-hmm. in uh, in Vancouver. Right. But they just said they could. And we think they should change that legislation legislation to say they must. In other words, if an application comes in that's compliant with a previous uh, community plan that involves the public in form- formation of the plan, that that project should not have to then go to yet another public hearing to be relitigated and uh, opposed by members of the public who, who will make councillors nervous and those councillors may say no. And, you know, one municipality, North Vancouver, a city of North Vancouver, has recently uh, waived a public hearing for a project. And I hear that just happened in Saanich, but it's it's few and far between. We, we think the legislation should be changed so that municipalities cannot have a public hearing for a project that's consistent with a community plan. That would speed things up a lot. Uh, given the fact that the community plan has been uh, hammered out at great length and with considerable community input. So once that's the template, why review it uh, unnecessarily every time? Exactly. And it just it just it, it makes the public angry because they think there's still a chance to alter that community plan on a case by case basis. And it makes the, the whole, it makes the developer angry and costs them money and, and delays and uncertainty. And so, you know, this is something this would be an easy thing we could do. Just a couple of words in the legislation. I'm curious about your thoughts about land, because when it comes to the, when they're talking any kind of discussion about Metro Vancouver and housing, we always go go pretty quickly to the finite amount of land. There is, you got the ocean on one side, the mountains on the other side. All you have from here to the border is the Fraser Valley, basically. And otherwise, we're full up. There's no available space. How true is that? Well, that's, it's, Totally incorrect. I mean, it, it is true that we have mountains and, and, and water and and rivers that are that are constraining the size of, of the of the lower mainland. But but the real issue is is not land; it's land use. Like in Vancouver, as an example, uh, you know, if you just think of you're looking down at a map, about eighty percent of that map is committed to single family housing, and the other twenty percent is where we can do higher density housing. And, 
you know, that's why you get tenant displacement, because when you get new developments coming and they have to kind of override and, you know, demolish older rental product. Meanwhile, right. all those single family houses just sit there. So, you know, and that is the most expensive, most inaccessible, most environmentally uh, irresponsible type of housing that we have. And so why are we protecting that massive land area for such low density housing? And it's because, again, those interests that own those homes are resisting change in their neighborhoods. So how, how, how do you circumvent that? That's a pretty potent and pretty well, uh, well-stocked resistance, John. It really is. And, and this is why, you know, both at the federal and provincial level, we have to tell the citizens throughout our, our region, whether they live in single-family housing or other types of housing, that the land, the land has to work harder for people. And, you know, there are ways that those single-family homeowners can be encouraged to to accept that change. You know, first first of all, a lot of the time when that change is imposed on them, which it periodically is, say, the Canby Corridor, their land actually goes up quite a bit in value because it can support higher-density housing. But it's just overcoming that initial resistance, and we have to rezone larger areas of, of existing single-family land. It won't happen overnight, but we need to rezone those those lands and let them, you know, start to move towards higher-density housing. Mr. Stovell, are you in any way optimistic that some of the urgent reforms that you pointed to are going to take place? I think I think reforms will continue to take place, um, and and but I, I do believe that we're going to be playing catch up with this crisis. I, I don't really see an easy solution to this housing crisis in in the next ten years. It may get marginally better, and uh, so you know we're going to have. We're going to have some real significant problems with with people finding places to live. And um, are we going to start to see people moving out of the region because it's simply impossible to find anywhere to live and, mm-hmm. and the damage that will do to our economy? So I think it really is a crisis. It's, it's, it's not just a problem politically. It's an actual crisis that could actually result in social unrest if we let it go too much worse. Indeed. Uh, I've entitled this segment, Less Government Control in the Formation of Housing Would Help. And yet, of course, you need government approval to get less government control. Good luck with that one, John. (laughs) We, We need that luck.